Welcome to Talent Revolution Radio, the Brooks Group's podcast dedicated to helping you hire, train, and retain top talent using the Trimetrics Assessment. I'm Drea Douglas, Director of Talent Management Consulting at the Brooks Group, and I'm very pleased to say I'm joined by Matt Bakey and Luke Downing today of Mode 5. Matt and Luke, thank you so much for joining us. Do you mind uh, introducing yourselves? Tell us you know, your name, your title, what you do, and anything else you'd, you'd like to share. Absolutely. Thanks, Dre. We appreciate uh, you having us on the podcast. Hi, my name is Luke Downing, and I'm president of Mode 5. We're an IT services firm in Norfolk, Virginia, and I oversee the sales, finance, and administration side of our business. Hi, Dre. Thanks for having us today. Uh, this is Matt Bakey as well. Um, you know, Luke and I started Mode 5 about 15 years ago, so we often wear many different hats here, uh, but I do oversee the operations side, so that includes service, HR, um, also, you know, typically leading the recruitment of new staff, so that includes the sales role that we're going to discuss today a little bit as well. We started in 2002, and our company basically is an outsourced IT department for businesses who don't want to insource that function. So we focus on proactively managing networks providing support, IT planning and consulting, cloud services, phone services, and more. Uh, and our goal really is to drive ROI on our clients' IT investment. And so our goal is really to provide the tools and services to our clients so that they can meet their mission. Mm-hmm. And our focus right now is the mid-Atlantic region, but we do have clients in California, New York, Texas, North Carolina, Maryland. We have clients sort of all over. Mm-hmm. Um, our company is about 27 employees right now. Our sales team, we have four uh, sales team members right now. We have two outside sales executives, two client account managers, and then we have one full-time marketing person as well. And one of the reasons why we reached out to Brooks originally, I attended your sales leadership symposium in August of last year, is that our goal is to really expand and grow our sales team. So we're actually in the process right now of hiring a sales manager as well. We want to expand into other markets. And so it's really important for us to be able to identify the right sales candidates in the hiring process. And Brooks has been very helpful with that. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. We're excited to have you guys on in particular because we haven't really talked about in our podcast benchmarking process and and talking with somebody who's actually been through that process before. So um, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you guys on. You recently benchmarked a key role in your organization, the outside sales executive position. So I wanted to talk through your experience um, going through the process and ask you a couple questions about that. So just to familiarize the audience quickly with the benchmarking process and what that looks like before we jump into the questions. Um, When it comes to benchmarking, what we do here at the Brooks Group is we identify the role to be benchmarked. That's the first thing. So we pick one role, of course, and typically that's a key role um, in your organization. From there, you identify stakeholders inside of your organization who are considered close to the role, who who know not only how the role is currently being done, but how it needs to be done going into the future to help bring your company where you're trying to go. Um, from there, we have a conversation that's typically between three and 10 stakeholders. We have a conversation about the role where I ask questions to help uh, unveil or reveal 
the various perspectives of what's considered most important in that role to the various stakeholders. So oftentimes we find that uh, the different stakeholders inside your organization have different ideas about what's important in that role. So it's really important to get on the same page about that. And that's what the benchmarking conversation tends to um, really help with. Then from there, the stakeholders take an online survey. The survey takes the aggregate of your responses and spits out a job report, which tells us what is most important in this role based on the feedback from the stakeholders uh, for long-term success and superior performance in that role. So it takes you know the 40 plus variables we measure and distills it down to 13 in particular so that you can see in a dashboard view your candidates compared to what the job requires with the you know red light green light type of uh, indicator so that's what the benchmarking process looks like for those who are unfamiliar with it I'll go ahead and kick us off with qu with our questions here though um, I'd like to understand first Matt and Luke what caused you to decide to look for or consider an assessment tool in the first place yeah, sure. Um, we've been using uh, an, an assessment internally now for quite a while, and Matt has certainly headed that up um, on the HR side, and it works great for uh, our company. I think one of the things that we identified was just that um, your tool, uh, I think, provides a little bit more information specifically around the sales role. Mm -hmm. I attended your sales leadership symposium last August and went through the process and we had several members of our team go through it and there were some things in there that I felt it were specific to the sales role that could help us. Mm. Um, I think one of the key reasons is that in our business we split the role of business development for outside sales with our account management role, which is more of a farmer inside sales role, and our mm -hmm. outside sales role, uh, business development role, is more of a hunter. Yeah. So one of the key things was really just reinforcing our hunches in the interview process about is, is this person really a hunter? Is it that outside sales executive we're looking for? Do they skew more towards that account management, inside sales farming type role? Right. And then the other thing that I liked about the tool is that our other tool doesn't really provide a sales skills index like the, the Brooks assessment does. And that's, of course, where they go and answer scenario-based questions about sales process and that has been really helpful as well excellent yeah that makes sense and um, that is actually if you have the luxury to do it as a company the ideal scenario from our perspective um, mo in most cases I shouldn't say uh, across every circumstance but if you can um, separate those two roles the hunter and the farmer you're at a you're putting yourself at a in a position to really appeal to you know those two personalities they tend to be very distinct styles. So we'll often say, for example, hunters can farm, but farmers often won't hunt. So if you get a lot of farmers and they tend to be uh, in higher supply <laughs> um, for good reason, because they struggle when it comes to new business development. So it's, it's great that you guys are able to do that. Yep, yep, exactly. I think one of the key things is for us is focusing on that prospecting ability. Mm -hmm. When we fill this outside sales business development role, that, that was a key piece. Is we, we really wanted to help 
reaffirm our hunches and our, our question process with this tool, and we, we think it's provided a lot of detail around that. Good. Well, what are you hoping to accomplish by using the assessment and benchmark? So you, you did talk about being able to affirm or confirm your hunches, things like that. Is there anything else you're hoping to accomplish by using the assessment and benchmark? Well, I, I think it it can actually strengthen the questions that we ask in the in the interview process. I think that's that's been helpful. Um, and the I mean the big thing obviously is we want to identify the right type of person and avoid hiring mistakes. Hiring mistakes are very expensive, um, mm-hmm. and and any information that we can gather to help us make the right decision is is definitely worth the worth the investment. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and the only other thing that I would. I would add too, just uh, that's been a useful, you know, tool of having the assessment. Is I know that Luke is really focused on this as being really a part of a growth area for the candidates that we do hire. So mm-hmm. if we're running the assessment and we find the right fit and they join the company, is that sometimes it identifies area that you know not only helps to grow them in areas and skills. So we talked about like the selling uh, skills index, which is a neat tool. It really gets into detail with that, but. You know, also in just areas and motivators and things that might be in how you actually work and coach with an individual. So, you know, mode five, we have uh, our own personal development plan. And so this can kind of help target between, you know, that new hire and the company. And um, we even share that information with them and they meet with your firm. So that's been like an extra tool that we haven't had on more of the onboarding side and HR side, even after the candidate selected. Mm, that's an excellent yep, Matt, use Matt's absolutely right. That mm-hmm. we, uh, we actually first used this tool internally on our team to identify strengths and opportunities. Um, so we actually used it first internally to, co- to help coach our team. Um, and then we actually added it into the, the hiring process second. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and then I would say just another thing, you know, Matt mm-hmm. is, is just – has an awesome hiring process and one of the things that we've done with with the other assessment that we use for our other staff and then this is the assessment really helps drive crafting questions for that second interview mm-hmm. so we have a we have a, a process where we'll do a, a first in-person interview we do a phone do then a first in-person and then a second in-person and it really helps us identify areas of probing um, probing questions in that second interview yeah yeah excellent mm-hmm. um, so I heard you mention a coaching plan or an outline that you uh, I, I thought I heard you talk about you know using well obviously you're using the tool for coaching um, and right. have a formal plan in place is that is that accurate to say I thought I heard you mention something like that yeah um, yeah, I mean, what I had mentioned, Drea, is what we call our personal development plan, and I'll let Luke talk more, uh, him overseeing the sales department and how that involves directly with sales, but um, really, every candidate you're really in front of, you hope that they really want to grow. Even if they feel like they're at the top of the career, they, they should be hungry to grow, and that's how we feel as a company, and so we really align that when we're interviewing, make sure that energy's there, and then the personal development plan is kind of this onboarding process as they start mm-hmm. to help them clarify what they want to work on, you know, related to their career or their position with the company. Where do they want to grow? And then our leadership team, especially, you know, their manager is there to help coach them and help them grow in those areas. And 
helps them be you know even better at what they do and so um, this is kind of a piece of that tool that we've found in sales we didn't have before that I think directly focusing on scale sales skills and areas that has been helpful um, I don't know Luke if you want to talk more about how you handle that directly in the sales department yeah absolutely I mean we've reviewed the the Brooks assessment with our team um, and it's, it's it's always a good tool to refer to for the the, the sales team when they're developing their own personal development plans because it identifies opportunities for them to work on. It also it's something that I as a sales leader can point to when we're having uh, coaching sessions. Hey, this is something you need to look out for, um, or this is something that you do great. It's been a real it's been a, a real helpful tool for that. That's good, and I, I'm curious yeah. to hear from that session or from that exercise. Do you have anything in place to help you plan or, or track success of having used the tool, either the benchmark or the assessments in general, performance data, any systems in place or plans for anything like that? I, I, I don't have a formal plan for that at this point. We, we just started implementing this into our sales hiring process a few months ago. Um, I think for me, we, we have we have great data around the existing team and what their goals are and, and what the metrics should be. Yeah. In terms of the hiring side of it, it's really about getting the performers in the building and then retaining them. Right. And, and to me, that's, that's the success. And then there, there's the, the second part of that, which is the coaching and developing and making sure the sales team meets their goals. We have a pretty defined process on that. But right now, our, our, our focus on the hiring side is getting the right candidates in the pipeline identifying who is going to be successful in the role and then retaining them. Right. Yeah. And that really talks to some of the biggest hiring challenges people often have. And the reason why they will often use an assessment in the hiring process, would you say those are some of the biggest challenges that you've had? And are there any others that we haven't talked about yet in your hiring process? Well, I think, I think hiring sales professionals is, is it is a unique challenge um, and I think that anything you can do to to identify the right people whether they're hunters or farmers or what their motivators are mm -hmm. I think that can only help you mm -hmm. um, in our area here there's no there's no sales professionals organization um, in a lot of ways people a lot of people we interview, they don't go to college to be salespeople. They get into it. And so it's a little bit different than on the IT side of our house where people, you know, they go to school to be an IT engineer or you go to school for HR. And sales is a little bit different. And so anything that we can do on the front end to help identify the people that can really do the job is helpful. The other thing I would say, too, particularly around the outside business development role is when we ask these questions, a lot of candidates know the process. So when you talk about prospecting, they'll answer the questions in this sort of textbook way. I need, mm -hmm. well, I need to block out time on my schedule. I need to make X amount of calls. You just work backwards to meet your goals. A lot of people answer those questions right, but when it comes to actually doing it, right. a lot of times it's the performance actually doing it that's difficult yeah it's a whole anything story. that we can use to help 
identify that mm-hmm. um, because sometimes we, we, we answer because we know what the process should be, but it doesn't necessarily mean we can actually do the job successfully. Yeah. So that's where this tool really comes in. And that's a really a good point. And I oftentimes will make that point. So the Selling Skills Index is a powerful tool for helping you understand the level of knowledge your candidates have coming in, how green are they. But oftentimes, um, and especially for coaching, so identifying their gap areas and their strengths and you know even where they may tend to hang their hat, in the sales process, some people will focus all their energy or develop their skills in one area in particular and not, um, for example, take into consideration the whole process and then they're going to leave money on the table. But it's, um, you know, some people, like you're saying, Luke, can absolutely understand the process really well and they can actually score pretty well in something like a selling skills index, but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to execute it. You know, some people, for example, make better coaches than players both know the game equally well but but they don't necessarily execute it equally well exactly well i'm curious to hear did anything surprise you about the benchmarking process and final product well yes i think i think the biggest thing that surprised me is the emphasis on motivators over behavioral styles. Mm, okay. And that, that, that was interesting to me. Um, and we talked about, hey, with the sales team, they tend to be individuals, have individualistic tendencies, mm-hmm. and, and they tend to be money motivated. Right. Um, but when you get into some of the other things in terms of following process or liking theory, I thought that was really an interesting discussion mm-hmm. that we had and the, the different types of outside sales executives and business development executives that we can look at. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, guys had And some... I would add, I, I know this might be less about the benchmarking particularly, but I really liked the, the sales skills assessment side of uh, just the overall Brooks assessment. And, I, you know, Luke mentioned that we, we've used other assessments and do in some other type of operational roles, but this particularly more than others is narrowing in on your particular um, – position and what they're going to be doing, and I thought that was helpful. Um, Again, it can be linked to either development after, or it could be even just kind of creating some behavioral questions that are, um, you know, give me an example, getting into details so that they, you can um, kind of evaluate those areas that might show up in the assessment. And some of those might be a high rank for you in your position at your company, or some of them may be less important, so you can kind of use that to develop those interview questions and kind of get to the bottom of what you're looking for in a match. So I I thought that was a really neat part of the assessment, um, looking at it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just add on, on the benchmarking as well, that I think it's always good to get an outside perspective because we've been doing this a long time and we think we know exactly what we need. Um, but there, we, we had to, have two different meetings because we had such a long discussion about, hey, what is it exactly that we're looking for? And I, I just think that that part of the process, the back and forth, was really helpful because yeah. it, it makes you challenge your assumptions and and think about think about the position anew. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought I would I would agree with that. I mean, in our experience working with Brooks on that, and we had I think about an hour phone call and. Um, you know, we, it was Luke, uh, myself, and we brought in our outside uh, sales executive that's working for us now. And I think um, there were just a, a great amount of questions that we didn't consider, you know. And I think instead of just 
emailing you over a job description and guessing what we're looking for. I thought the approach to really hear it, you know, right from the people that are leading that area of the company was a smart way to do it. I, I think we were honestly stumped on a few questions, which was nice because it made us revisit what we really are looking for to be successful in that role. So I thought it was a really good back and forth uh, as a way to get the benchmark kind of started and give you the information you needed. Yeah, now I have two questions. I, I'm like dying to ask you, but I'll ask this one first. So has your understanding of the role changed or how has your understanding of the role changed after the benchmark conversation? So I remember very distinctly having a robust conversation around a certain aspect of the role that that outside sales executive stakeholder that you brought in on the benchmarking conversation with the two of you. She made a point about the roles. I think it was something like, um, you know, this role is very in, in, um, in the office more so than a typical or what she would consider a typical field sales or outside sales role and that understanding that will be important for candidates to understand about this role that and it's not something that maybe that, maybe that was um, particularly highlighted in conversations about the role not that you were trying to hide it or anything it just was kind of a this doesn't seem like it would be necessarily something you'd put on a job description or something like that so I'm curious to hear from you anything else or adding to that in particular about how your understanding of the role changed after the benchmarking conversation sure i think i think there's two things there is one I, I think she made a great point and i think that was more around the working environment question right so one of the questions we ask people is how you know how do you like to work you talk to some people and they'll say hey i love i love working from home being in the field I think the point that she was making is that we're an office culture so we have to work very closely with our technical team because we have a technical sales process mm -hmm. and so our outside sales executives are in the field a ton and then when they're not typically they're in the office um, and so I think that's a working environment thing uh, whether you call that outside sales executive or business development executive, that role is designed to bring in new relationships. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, we split up the role of account management, which takes care of our clients and you know existing client needs are handled by the account manager. And then the, the new business development is handled by the outside sales executive. And there are, when, and it's, an, it's the environment question is very important because when you're interviewing people, if they're not a fit for how your office works, mm -hmm. you know, as I mentioned, we're, we're an office culture, you, that might not be a fit for someone. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that that was a, a, a good point. I think whether, and again, whether you call it an outside sales executive or new business development, I think that's a that's about our working environment. The other the other part of that question in terms of how has the role changed? I think the the I think the most interesting dialogue that we had around it and, and the most enlightening thing for me is just we got into a discussion around motivators and we discussed mm -hmm. the fact that some sales executives are going to be motivated by the theory and the technical side of the business and how that person is going to be, could be very good in the consultative side. And then other executives might be more focused around uh, 
the process side of sales, and they're going to be very good at following process. And so I thought that was a very good discussion and distinction between different motivators, and I think both could work for our business for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought that that was really, really uh, an interesting part of the, the benchmarking process, particularly around the motivators. Yeah. You answered both my questions there. I think I love that you went there about culture um, because culture fit typically does play a role in the success or lack of success of a new hire in an organization. And if you're not having the conversation about that, it can really have detrimental effects. You know, if you're not keeping that top of mind, it's an important, it has a, a strong impact on your employees, whether you realize it or not. So especially for people who are at the top, they oftentimes don't realize the impact of their you know, their um, presence on culture. So culture always comes from the top. It gets pushed down to the rest of the organization, but the people at the top oftentimes don't realize it. And so it can be really hard when you're doing the work of the work day in and day out to even kind of take a, take a step back, take, you know, raise your head up and take a look out at the horizon and see, you know, how is this impacting the people around us? Um, and it sounds like you guys are doing a really good job of that. And uh, I remember that conversation, actually, Luke, where we talked about um, the high theoretical or the high traditional being the priority in the motivators for your sales reps in your environment. That was a really, you know, it was really tough. That's a really fine nuance because it was obvious you needed the individualistic, you needed the utilitarian, and we only narrow it down to three out of six motivators. So we had to choose kind of between uh, theoretical and traditional. But since we had that conversation, and though we had to pick, th- you know, only three, we had to, we had to lo- quote unquote, lose one. We now are aware of that fact in your environment, that that's an important factor. Both the traditional and the theoretical are very complementary motivators in your environment because it is very process oriented. You guys have excellent um, processes in place to ensure success with your clients. And if there's a sales rep out there who's a cowboy, and just says, you know, we'll maybe overpromise and underdeliver, or I don't want to have to follow that process. I'm just going to cut right through that red tape, uh, however I please. They may, well, they're going to be very frustrated. Is that fair to say? Exactly. And because we're a technical consultative sales company, uh, our sales team works very close with the technical side of house of the house, mm-hmm. and they're all engineers. So we got a lot of. You know, we've got a lot of very process-driven people. And so in order to to deliver these solutions to our clients, we have to work very closely with the technical team. Um, And so, sure, following that process, working with the engineers, and then delivering the solutions to the client is is a really important piece. And we're we're looking for fit. And, And culture is a big part of that. You know, one of the things we discussed in our benchmarking is that we are a very process-driven company. Our goal is to deliver outstanding IT services to our clients, and we have to follow processes in order to do that. We, we are constantly thinking about how can we do things better, how can we do things better internally, how can we do better for our clients, and then we follow that process. Yeah. When you're doing something great, just do it a lot. Right. And so that's a big that's a big part of it. And it's not that certain candidates are bad. It's about fit. Right. Our focus on on hiring is it's not a judgment. It's hey, are you a fit for for our company 
and what we're doing. The other thing is we're, we're Matt has done a great job with, on the HR side of our business, and we, we have a really strong emphasis on our mission and our vision and our core values. And we emphasize mm-hmm. service, integrity, innovation. Matt mentioned the personal development side of what we do here. Every single person has to have a personal development plan. And some people take to it more than others, right. but just that that idea of, hey, listen, we're, we're trying to, we're on the same team, we're trying to improve, and whether it's a coaching opportunity or a process improvement at the end of the day, it's just about serving the client better. Right. And Matt, I'm curious to hear from you, and this is actually my last question, so if you, if either of you want to chime in here, I'd love to hear it. But yeah, sure. Matt, from the HR side of things um, and operations, whatnot, if you could give one piece of advice to a sales or HR leader about minimizing turnover with an assessment, what would it be? Well, I, th- I think what ties in well with us talking about benchmarking and even just the conversation I shared of us kind of going over what we're looking for is you need to be very clear about what what you're looking for to, to you know have someone join your team. What does the position include? What's expected of them? So, you know, I think the very beginning of our success, uh, it's very simple in HR, has been be very detailed about your job descriptions. You know, do you really know what is success when you bring someone in? And then the other part of that is you need to share that with the person. And so, you know, being clear about that, I guess it's more of an accountability area of um, what makes this person a great, you know, fit for that role. And I think, you know, the HR process, so going through our process, whether it's phone interviews, in-person interviews, and assessments, these are all tools on finding that fit. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we talked about culture. I think that at the very top has to be important. I think you get hunches about a lot of these things, so it's not always just a simple question. Um, the assessment is a tool for that. And so, you know, when you're um, – one of the things that we do is we share a lot about our company online. So we have literally a post about every single employee and information about them, whether it's work-related or even some personal. And so we find that candidates uh, that really fit for us, they're really enjoying that because they want to make sure that they're fit too. And I think that fit part isn't just a win for the company. I mean, you want to have that person be somewhere they want to stay. Yeah. So you talk about reducing turnover. It's got to be a great fit for them. And we've been talking a lot about these motivators. There, you, you really can't train those. You know, you, you bring someone in that has a passion in the area and they're going to be great at what they do. Um, you're training more around their skills mm-hmm. and areas to grow them professionally. But I think those things are just a win-win for both the company and the candidate to make sure that you have right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think the benchmarking side for Brooks, where I feel like sharing our experience with it, it really does make sense to go all the way. So you're getting a lot of data from your assessment information. I think the second part that I would say is equally as important is that you really want to make sure you know what you're looking for once you have all that data and how do you use your interview process to really narrow in to make sure that you're asking the right questions and that you're getting to the right answers to to find that fit. Yeah, excellent points. Um, Luke, any final thoughts from you? I think think Matt's spot on. I, I think that in this particular role, one thing that we identified that was was causing new hires not to succeed was the prospecting piece. And I think in, 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 in 
Matt's done a great job with the hiring process. It's like anything else. You, you, you tweak your process. Mm-hmm. And so I think you, and it's, this is not just sales, this is any position. You just have to be very honest about, as Matt said, what the roles of the job are and try to get the candidate to be as honest as possible or probe as much as possible on those areas that are common for new hires to trip up on. Mm-hmm. And, and in our case, in this particular role, we identified that prospecting is certainly one of those things. Yeah. Um, and so we craft a lot of questions around that, almost to the point where by the third interview, the candidate is probably tired of hearing about it. <laughs> but you really, really have to probe those key areas that you need in a person, regardless of it's sales or technician or whatever, really try to get as much information. And that's where the, the assessment's helpful is because it can it can reaffirm those hunches or it can it can give you some new information if 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 maybe the candidate's just kind of telling you what you want to hear. Right. Uh, so we think it's a, a, a nice tool to yeah. add into the toolkit for sure. Yeah, that tends to be the case mm-hmm. for a lot of people. So um, people always will bring their best to an interview, um, or I shouldn't say always, they should, <laughs> um, of course. In fact, I, I have heard stories of folks not showing up very well to an interview, which to me is still boggles my mind, but you know, we all have bad days, I guess. But for the most part, people aren't going to show up to an interview and say, yeah, or a sales interview and say, yeah, I don't really like making money. I'm not really interested in that. They're all going to come and pay lip service to their drive for money, but unless you measure it, you can't really know what's in a person's heart of hearts. Um, so that's, I, th- I think, one of the areas. We oftentimes hear people say, yeah, they, they talk so much about how motivated they are by money and how they're going to kill it for us, but then once they got in the job, it, you know, that person never showed up, it seems like, or they had it for a while, but then they've just kind of petered out. And uh, unless you have data to prove it in an objective way, it can be very difficult to extract that information from somebody. But I think you guys are doing a great job. You're definitely, it sounds like you're on the right track. And I had such a great time doing the benchmarking process with you. I'm excited to hear and uh, keep uh, in contact as you, you know, go through your hiring adventures, finding the right people. And um, I appreciate you joining me today. I hope this was uh, an interesting experience, this podcasting (laughs) experience. It was, and thanks for all your help, Drea. Brooks has been great. I love the lead- sales leadership symposium I went to last August, and it's been a very helpful, not just the assessment itself, but just the training, the the the, the newsletter that you guys send out is great. The webinars you do, you guys do a first-class job over there. Excellent. Yeah, thanks, Dre, as well. I appreciate it. You, you know, you've been very professional to work with. Your team is very thorough when we talk <laughs> about the assessments and even the benchmarking. And so, I will say, you know, uh, the recruitment talk can be very timely. It can be uh, sometimes a long process. And I think just having as many tools as you can to utilize in that save yourself time and, of course, mistakes. And so, I feel like when we've been on the phone talking about and reviewing some of these assessments that we have someone on our team on the hiring side that it's it's a nice uh, addition to have for us so i appreciate that yeah you're welcome guys and thank you thanks again for joining us and uh to all of you listening out there join us again next time we look forward to providing more content for you and and talking more about these uh these concepts that help organizations 
do their best with their talent. Thanks, and join us again next time.